Man, the Los Angeles Lakers finally make a trade, but it's not one you expected. Shannon Sharp barks at the Memphis Grizzlies, and Pat Bev breaks Dame Time. I'm Rosa Panta, this is a clinic all-NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Woo, feeling good, feeling great after football Sunday, my guys. Ah, uh, yeah. And John, how you living, my friend? What up, what up, what up? I'm here to overhype the Lakers trade. Let's go. <laughs> and of course, Sammy. How you living, my friend? Doing good, man. Doing anything I can to help resuscitate Patrick Mahomes' ankle by Sunday. Let's go. <laughs> well, let's get to some basketball news here. The Los Angeles Lakers are finalizing a trade that's sending Kendrick Nunn and three second-round picks to the Washington Wizards for Rui Hachimura. And... The last time we saw Rui on the court, he scored a career high of 30 points over the Magic. And it was the second time this season that he had reached as many points in a single performance. And I just want to just flat out ask this, guys. Do you guys think this was a good trade for the Los Angeles Lakers? What? I do. There's only one right answer here, boys. Go ahead, Sammy. (laughs) Do you want to kick this off since you sound excited? No, please, Um, by all means. All right, well, we've been talking for the last few years that the Lakers have needed a few different things. They needed to get younger, they need athleticism, they need a guy who can shoot the ball, namely. And he fits those things. His catch and shoot threes, if I saw right, is around 39% uh, over the last couple of years, far higher than anybody else on the Lakers. He can slide in and the plan is apparently to start him next to LeBron and AD going forward. So that's gonna make them a lot more athletic at the wing. And the price they gave up, like, if you're just looking at this casually on the surface, you'd say three picks for him, are you sure? And it's like, yeah, one of the picks is in 2028, one is in 2029. The Chicago Bulls second might be a little high, but by all means for a player with this kind of pedigree who hasn't gotten a shot and has been in a bad organization, no offense, Wizards fans, but he hasn't really gotten the chance. I think this is the kind of trade you make when your assets are limited. You take the you take a chance like this on high ceiling players who maybe haven't gotten the opportunity. So I think this was a great move for the Lakers. I really like it. Yeah, and you know what else? Like it does, like just to add on to what Simon was saying, it adds youth and upside to the Lakers, which is what they desperately need. Rui is 24 years old, but when we look at the Lakers roster, there are 11 men in their 30s, guys. And that's not good, especially for today's NBA where there's a lot of athletic freaks, just to put it frank. But not that Rui is not a athletic freak himself, but he, he is a solid athlete. He'll run the floor on the fast break. And he has experience with Russell Westbrook, who's been an odd puzzle piece, John. So I kind of want to know what you have to think about this trade now, since you are the now the the receiver of this new trade. You know, you know, I don't want to overreact, but I think I'm going to get prepared for a June parade. The Lakers are plus sixty six hundred. <laughs> They're plus sixty six hundred to win the NBA title, and I'm ready to clean out the savings account, boys. Bet the farm. Let's go. You're, ru- you're running okay. the DraftKings right okay. now. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly where I would go. DraftKings. Where else would I go? Come on. Well, DraftKings okay, isn't and- a nonprofit organization, so don't make <laughs> donations. Anyway, continue. Uh, I see what you did there. Anyway, okay. In all seriousness, you guys are right. You hit the nail on the head. This is 
will this move the needle to to propel them into a championship contender? Probably not. But it is a step in the right direction. Like you guys said, Rui is 24. He's young. And I think the biggest thing here is that the Lakers did not give up a lot to get him. Kendrick Nunn is a guard and a plethora of guards that we already have. And they gave up three second round picks. The Lakers now have actually done well with their second round picks, right? Like Alex Caruso, uh, Kyle Kuzma, I think I believe a few other players, right? And so, um, or Austin Reeves was a second round pick. But ultimately, they're not as valuable as first round picks. And you could buy your way into second round picks typically, right? Teams are willing to give those away. And so I think this is a great trade for the Lakers. Like Sammy said, they needed a wing, they needed size. They're really small in, in a lot of areas. And Rui has the capability and the physical tools to be a good defender. I don't think he's great right now, but you can kind of mold that player if they have the physical attributes. And that's something that he does have. Um, one of the things I actually thought of is that the Lakers are building the 2021 Washington Wizards. Russell Westbrook, Rui Hachimura, Troy Brown Jr., and Thomas Bryant. Those were all Wizards on that 2021 team. And so... I don't know about you guys, but this to me, and, and I want to get your thoughts. What do you guys think? To me, this says that the Lakers are not going to trade Russell Westbrook this year. They're trying to get guys around him that he's used, that he's actually excelled with, shown the past that he can play with them and actually make them better players. So I think this is all but indication that he's not going anywhere this year. What do you guys think? I am in complete agreement with that. I think this makes the bench unit that much more dangerous with Russell Westbrook because now he has players alongside with him that he knows how to play with. I mean, the stat here is Westbrook recorded 121 assists to, Rachi, to Hachimura, which was the seventh most prolific assist combination among any two players in the league during the 2021 what? campaign. So, what? I mean, to get this guy on your team with Westbrook, it sounds like a good thing, right? And I'm going to put this out there. The Lakers also might not be done. This might not be the only move they make because they didn't they didn't give up any first rounders, right? So theoretically, they could still make some moves if they really wanted to win now. But with this move, let's say this is the only move that they do. They're currently sitting what? Let's see, they're sitting at 12th. 12th, okay? Where do we imagine the Lakers to be now that they have Rui on the team? Well, I, I was about to go to the same uh, indicator that you did about where they're at. I mean, the West right now has a clear one and two. Denver and Memphis right next to each other, right? Then going from the three seed all the way down to 13, five and a half games separate them. So if the Lakers' thought process here is let's leave this team as is, one add one or two complementary pieces that don't need a lot of assets to acquire, and we're gonna rely on the star power of LeBron and AD just to get us there and then we'll see what happens. You know what, I'm not mad at them for that strategy only because those assets are so, I mean, we talked about ad nauseum. They've only got those two picks and nothing else. Maybe you go with that and don't blow up the team and just see if the way this season is going, you sneak in and do some damage. I mean, yeah, is it? it's not the worst strategy because I'm definitely not the proponent of trading those two first unless they absolutely get a home run return. And it doesn't seem like that's there. JJ, what do you think? Yeah, I have to agree with you, Sammy. When we look at the Warriors, for example, last year, because that was the last champion, compared to their 20 to 2021 season, 
they had Ubre, and they had a bunch of like other, you know, role players. But sometimes you just need that one person to go together, like a GP2, like an auto porter, and you could make it far in the playoffs. People are gonna say, well, they had Clay. Remember that the Warriors went 20 and 3 without Clay last year, with Jordan Poole, Steph, Draymond, and GP2, and great role players. You just need the one or two glue guys, and that's what makes a championship team, the glue guys. They have Anthony Davis coming back too, Damian Jun, and they needed a shooter. Like, that's what we've been saying this whole time. Give LeBron some outside shooting, and we'll see how it goes. Now, my only concern is that when role players do join LeBron, you expect them to be that much better, but we have seen role players fold because of the pressure. I will give props. I don't think this has been mentioned, but for LA to pick up someone like Rui is a good marketing move as well, because there's a huge, large Japanese population in LA. Yeah. And I thought, mm, good point. like the LA's, they're all about marketing. They're all about Showtime, making money, appealing to the masses. I think, that, like, if it's not gonna work out in terms of playing style, at least they have this guy to draw a crowd, more of a crowd in. And I'm gonna tell people, like, don't let the Lakers being in the 12th seed like fool you, because right <laughs> now they have 22 wins. Right? If you look up the standings, I mean, the Kings, who are the third seed, they have 26 wins. That's only four wins away. I mean, the the difference between third and all the way to 12th isn't that much like there's so much disparity here on the west and one move like this in the right direction can make them jump up the standings i mean i wouldn't be surprised to see them i don't know maybe in the sixth seed i think that's probably realistic especially with the talent that they have so that's 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 where my head's at is where like if i'm the lakers i just want to make moves to improve because I don't see any real big threat to the West. Like, it's not decided. This West slate is not decided whatsoever. I want to just mention one thing. Dennis Schroeder. (laughs) Apparently, he hopped on Twitch and someone broke the news to him over 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 the chat. And they said, did you see the trade? And he's like, what trade? And then he did some more research and he's like, Rui? Oh, hell no. For Kendrick Nunn? Oh my G. What do you guys think? What do you guys think of Dennis Schroeder's reaction to the trade here? I I think this is another example of why if you're in the public spotlight at all, don't react to things live on social media. Yes. Please. Yes. Please. <laughs> Dennis. Dennis. It's a good trade. Like, uh, stop it. Get some help. To quote my man, Michael. I'll leave it at that, and you guys can comment from there. Jay, what you think? I mean, not much to say other than maybe Schroeder and Nunn, they're super tight friends. Yeah. Like if you guys got traded from this pod, I'd be like, just like oh my uh, Schroeder. Oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> you can't you can't react on the spot it's just like in business the etiquettes don't write an emotional email yes How about don't don't hop on social media and react to a trade of your future teammate 
Just saying. Absolutely.、Mm-hmm. And like, Dennis Schroeder, have you have you seen Kendrick Nunn's stats? Like, is he doing something positive here? Like, I don't know. He just needed to step back from the whole situation and really analyze it before he reacted right away, like you guys were saying. But I'm gonna take us to our next topic here. I'm sure you guys all saw the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Los Angeles Lakers, and there was someone courtside, Shannon Sharp, and apparently, Shannon Sharp got a little jive with. Some Grizzlies people. I think he was talking to、um, Dylan Brooks. He was talking to Dylan Brooks, and he was saying, "You're too small to guard James." And all of a sudden, other players started to get involved.、Um, specifically, Stephen Adams got involved, and Shart spoke shortly afterwards. And he told ESPN, he said, "They didn't want this smoke." I said he was too small to guard LeBron. He said, "Blank me." I said, "Blank you back." He started to come at me, and I said, "You don't want these problems." And then Jaw came out of nowhere talking. He definitely didn't want to see these problems. Then the dad came, and he obviously didn't want no problems. But I wanted anything they had. Don't let these fools fool you now. I want to ask you guys, what do you guys think of Shannon Sharp's like reaction here? And sort of, I guess, altercation with the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> were they talking to him, or were they talking to his cardigan? That's the first question I'm gonna ask. <laughs> <laughs> that was a loud, that was a really loud cardigan. The the cardigan was screaming at the players. They just they were distracted. They couldn't see each other. I mean, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, just. Man, you're a public figure. Like, it, even if you weren't to begin with, you're not talking to the players on the floor. Don't get into it with them. Like, that's not your place. Your place is to sit and enjoy the game. But to be who he is, having been an athlete, and now you're getting into it courtside. Like, if that was any non-celebrity, don't we think that person probably would have gotten kicked out of the arena? Like,、Absolutely. for sure. So that was just. I found it completely ridiculous, but. Yeah, I just I don't think you can justify it for Shannon Sharp in any way. What do you guys think? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go next because I want the Laker fan to go right after me. But <laughs> I'm gonna just say this because I don't want to give this guy any more attention. I'm not even gonna say his name. John Morant's dad, Puff Daddy Jr. with his glasses, <laughs> walking around. Usher, Usher, being all up in the music videos, just like what. Night said and Death Row, like what is this fool doing trying to start something with Shannon Sharp? Sit down. I know you want to be Lavar Ball Jr., but you know what Lavar Ball did? He at least made a company where he ripped off millions of kids to find his five hundred dollar shoes. He he hasn't done anything. Lavar Ball could put his claim to fame with that. So I'm gonna just say that. John Morant's dad, Puff Daddy Jr. Relax, sit down. You're no, no. There's no reason for you to be on the court. Just a weirdly backhanded compliment to Big Baller Brand that I was not <laughs> expecting tonight. I know, me too. I, I'm, hey, I'm still waiting for my Big Baller Brand Lonzo Ball shoes. I bought those what two and a half years ago.、Oh, the Lonzo ones. <laughs> the Lonzo ones. The Lonzo point zero point fives. Oh my god. Yeah.、Uh, honestly, like. I when I saw it, I was I was 
I looked and it's Shannon Sharp and I'm thinking, man, what is going on here? I mean, one, like Sammy said, what's with the cardigan he was rocking? Doesn't very it's not a very intimidating look if you're trying to stand up and and uh, face up with all these with these guys. But I didn't I did talk to a buddy of mine uh, through text and I was think I was saying I was thinking, I bet you Shannon Sharp could take all of those guys except for one. Steven Adams, Adams. the ogre. <laughs> Dude, Steven Adams is legit, looks yeah. like he can crush people. He looks like and Aquaman, so, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. But, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you get treated differently when you're a celebrity. And not only a celebrity, but a celebrity who's known to be really close with LeBron James, who is has a lot of pull with any franchise that he goes to. So I, I, I think that, had, that plays a huge role in it, too. But, yeah, it's... It's all like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It is what it is, but you know, it's it's entertaining. But he apologized, so move on. Yeah, I, I, I'm go, just going to say really quick though, Jun, and tell me if you agree with this. That I think Unc, Uncle Sh, uh, Shannon has way more equity than Dylan Brooks. I yeah. actually ride with Shannon Sharp more than Dylan Brooks because, like Sammy said in the past few couple episodes. The Grizzlies, like, they're not really coming off, like, as a team that's likable anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, do you really need Steve Adams, John Morant, Puff Daddy Jr., Dylan Brooks, and the whole coaching staff to talk to Shannon Sharp, who's on the, who's watching the game? I think that was pretty weak. Just saying. Yeah, I agree. I, I actually wanted to ask the, the Laker fan here. Um... <laughs> So on this pod, we, we like 90s basketball. We like rivalries. Do you like it in that standpoint? Like now when the Lakers play the Grizzlies, there's going to be something a little extra now. Sammy, you're up. He asked the Laker fan. Then <laughs> <laughs> pay me enough. Go ahead. <laughs> so... I, I do. I think I think it's uh, for rivalry's sake, or for to add to that mystique of you know, kind of the this banter or this competitive spirit, and the way that the narrative is, and the way that the media can portray it, and really overhype it and overreact to things like this. I do think it adds a little bit to the to the quote unquote rivalry, but. I mean, the Lakers and Grizzlies. If we're looking, if we're looking at it from a rivalry perspective in terms of basketball, there there really isn't much there, right? I mean, I'm trying to think back of when, even in the past, have the Lakers ever played the Grizzlies? Were the Grizzlies ever that good? I mean, I remember they were good when the when the Warriors had made their run. The Warriors and the Grizzlies obviously have a rivalry, but I don't think the Lakers and the Grizzlies do. So, could it be the start of something? Sure, but um, you know, we'll see. And, you know, Shannon Sharp had this to say on Undisputed. He, he, he made his apology. He said, it doesn't matter what Dylan Brooks said. It does not matter how many times he said it. Me being the responsible person, me having the platform I have and having so many people look up to me, I was wrong. I should have lowered my temp my temperature in the arena. Instead, I turned the temperature up and let it get out of hand. And then he went to apologize. He apologized to the Lakers organization, the fans, um, the Memphis Grizzlies, including Brooks and Morant, his stylist, Hollywood, whom he attended the game with, um, LeBron James, because he supported him through thick and thin and his own family. Um, weird that he apologized to his stylist. I'm, I'm not sure why that is. 
But anyway, um, we're going to take this to our next topic here. Pat Bev, we're sticking with the Lakers theme here. Pat Bev and Damian Lillard kind of got into it during their game where the Lakers had won 121 to 112, but this is how it went. Dame and Pat Bev were jawing at each other as Dame was walking over to the free throw line, and Dame said, I'll beat your behind. And Beverly, I guess later on in the game, picked up a technical foul when he kept jawing at Damian Lillard. And this is when the Blazers went on a run, a huge one run. They had like a 25-point lead. And second half comes, the Lakers storm all the way back. And when they're when the game's pretty much in hand, Pat Bev does the the Dame time pointing at his wrist, but instead he's tapping it like it's broken, like it's a broken watch. Wow. He puts it back <laughs> into his pocket. Wow. I want to ask you guys, what do you guys think of Pat Bev's kind of shade throwing at Dame time? <laughs> uh, I mean, are we surprised? Is anybody surprised? Anybody no. that watches basketball, anybody who knows. I mean, Pat Beverly's probably played for every single team in the NBA. <laughs> so everybody, I'm sure every fan around the world knows knows exactly what kind of antics he's going to do. I mean, that's who he is as a player, right? He gets under your skin. And there are always players like that. And I have to say, as someone who is a Laker fan, when he's on your team, you love it. But when he's not on your team, you absolutely hate it with a passion. And like Dame is the is a much better player than than Bev is, right? Beverly, he could be. I I mean, I guess it's debatable, right? Is he really a good defender, or is he just a pest, or is he does he get away with fouls? I'm I'm more like somewhere in the middle. I do think he plays hard. I do think he plays defense. I think he gets away with a lot of physicality that a lot of other players don't get away with. And maybe it's just because of who he is and the reputation reputation that he's built. But I, I think he did a pretty good job on Dame last night. And I think getting under the skin of players is like an old school style. And that's something that you you do, right? Whatever it takes to win, other other than like intentionally hurting somebody or cheating, you got to do what you got to do. So I appreciate the, the competitive spirit and the nature. The trash talking is funny to me. I mean, what was he pretending that he was wearing a fossil watch or something? Like what's going on here? <laughs> No offense to anybody that has a fossil watch. I mean, I used to have a fossil watch. I think I still have one. So relax. I Everybody guess, don't I get, guess we're don't not get getting offended. that sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> we're, we're shooting big here, guys. We're shooting big here. Okay. In any case, I liked it. I think it's cool. And I know it. it Ro is, is kind of upset by it because, you know, he's, he's a Blazer fan on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. <laughs> Tuesdays, Thursdays is the Warriors. Saturday, Sundays, the Kings. So. All right, I'll well, stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Somebody else talk. Let's well, as, go. As a part-time Blazer fan, I'm gonna say that I I liked it. I like this okay. rivalry stuff. I like the pettiness. I like it when when there's a little something more behind the game. And Pat Bev, when no matter what team he's on. There's always going to be something a little extra. So I actually appreciate it, even though he's making fun of one of my favorite players in the league. What do you guys think? <laughs> well, just just to point out, it is Monday. So according to John, you're supposed to be a Blazer fan today. So you shouldn't <laughs> yeah, be offended by that. That's true. Uh, so I will say I just, Bev is Bev. We've, we've kind of 
discussed him multiple times. I just want to point out that Dame coming back and comparing him to Flip from Above the Rim is even more <laughs> hilarious That's, to me. That was a good one. So, yeah, that, that was one of my movies as a kid, man. I thought that was hilarious, too. But the only thing, I, I think you guys covered it well. The only thing I'll say is the next time they play each other, I think I think Dame's going to go off, man. I think 40 to 50 might be in the cards. I'll just leave it at that. Jay, you got anything else to add? Not just uh, overall. I had a few people ask me today at my in, at my job. They asked me, uh, sorry, this is going to reflect our age, but... They're straight up asking who's flip. So, oh. I had to, I had to tell them, and I was just like, "Is there a political like, like a a really good way, like politically incorrect, uh, correct way to describe it to them?" So I just pulled up <laughs> the synopsis from those that don't know. It's from <laughs> up the rim, and the description of flip is a homeless drug addict. And I won't, re- I won't reference the drug, but it's not a compliment. And Flip <laughs> was by far the worst basketball player in the movie. Am I, am I hitting the the note there, Sammy? I, I, I'd say you're, you're, you're playing it like a fiddle at this point. Is the best <laughs> yeah, we're tiptoeing well, this what, line here. What wasn't it a big part of it too? Was Flip? Flip was uh, somebody who he told stories about how good he was, and they weren't true. <laughs> Right? I think yes. that was part of it, yes. That was yeah. a big part of it. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. Hold up. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Countering down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 250 free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 in the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now with that, we're going to take it to our next topic here on the Ringer podcast. Austin Rivers was asked basically who the hardest player to guard is. And he said, Steph, it's not even close. You can't touch him. They give him every blanking call. They set illegal screens for him the entire game. They don't call it because they just want to see him shoot. Now, there is no bathroom. I want to ask you guys, <laughs> what do you guys think of Austin Rivers' assessment of the hardest player to guard? Oh man, I, I, I'm really looking forward to JJ and, and Rose. <laughs> Do you Comment want me to start on this, this or what? Please. Uh, yeah, okay. let's just right out the gate, dude. Is, out the is, cannon. Shoot out the right, cannon. Warrior fan first. Here is, we go. Is this Austin Rivers the same one that flops and calls for every foul and played with James Harden, <laughs> who averaged, averaged four, 14 free throws a game, and who played with Chris Paul, who averaged 12 free throws a game, talking smack about Steph Curry, who, let me just tell you, last year had several, several playoff games without one free throw. Several. Boston Rivers, you need to be quiet. <laughs> no, you need to shut up. Don't say anything. Yes, Steph is the hardest to guard, but it's because you suck on defense as well. 
Yo, can I? Like, this is like an, an episode of uh, like Maori or something like that. Because isn't like no! Seth Curry right? Steph's brother is married to Callie Rivers, the daughter of Doc Rivers. Yeah, he's yes. also the father of Austin Rivers. Yes. <laughs> Good point. Like, can we talk about like Thanksgiving dinner or something? How I'm awkward those, those, these conversations must be. <laughs> like, does does do not, does nobody take that into consideration before they open their mouth and say stuff like this? First of all, like Austin, man, what kind of a backhanded compliment is this? This is a big one too, right? I mean, you're better off just not saying stuff. Like. We all thought he was really leading us on here. I, I mean, when I first read it, started reading this, I thought, oh man, he's going to give Steph his flowers. He's going to be like, he's so hard. He moves off the ball real quick, like <laughs> nonstop movement. His cardiovascular abilities are just off the charts. And he's also the best shooter in the league. But he says, it's not even close. You can't touch him. They give him every <laughs> blanking call. They set illegal screens for him the entire game because they just want him to shoot. Wow. I mean... Yeah, I, I, I'm speechless. Backhanded compliment, that's all I can say. Yeah, and I'll give him this. He also did throw in a couple of like nicer things after this, just about the fact that he never stops running around screens and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you make a great point, John. I can just imagine... I mean, Austin's not going to be at the next Thanksgiving dinner after this, but... <laughs> how they went prior but yeah man when when players speak like this and no offense to him he's had a long career now but when what will define a guy's a role player as talks like this about a superstar it's just never going to reflect well it just sounds like sour grapes it always does yeah so it just reflects really poorly and it doesn't make you look good and add the family aspect to it it actually makes it look even worse so yeah not not a good look for my man austin and probably not happy that he's not getting the minutes since he doesn't play for his dad anymore just saying. <laughs> well i i honestly do think it has to be steph curry but i want to ask you guys who do you guys think would be the hardest player to guard like what what should have been his answer if it wasn't steph curry and this backhanded compliment and we're talking about current nba players right current nba player okay that he would ha- that he would have to guard, or just anyone? Just in anyone? Just anyone? I feel like this mm. has to be for at least for me. I think this has to be LeBron, like a six eight, two hundred sixty pound dude who runs like a gazelle, basically. Like I just can't even imagine trying to stay in front of him or not get completely run over by him. So that's got to be my pick on this. Yeah, I mean. Like other than I would have said LeBron, but since Sammy stole my answer, no problem. <laughs> you say <I> mean, why? <laughs> the next, the next, no, the next name comes comes to mind is Giannis, right? We're not talking about position. We're talking about positionless in terms of like guarding your your similar position. So I go with Giannis. Well, the easiest next answer would be KD, but I hope Austin Rivers and would guard Draymond. So, you know. See the theatrics yeah. on the court, guys. Just, um, I just want to add one more thing really quick, just about this, and it was along what JJ was saying about Curry actually not getting a lot of love from the refs. So Steph, in his career, only once has been among the top 25 in free throw attempts. Only once has he averaged more than six free throws a game. This season, he's 58th in attempts per game at 
So just throwing that out there. So sorry, June, go ahead and give Great us your stat, answer on, on the hardest part of your guard. Yeah, Austin Rivers, I have no idea what you're talking about. But if it wasn't Steph, I might it's say Luka Doncic. Just because the dude moves like molasses, but no one seems to be able to stop him for some strange reason. So I think it would be him for me. But we're going to take it to our next topic here. Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon. He was talking about Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid. And he had this to say on Joel Embiid. He said, he's got all the moves, but leveraging the moves is different. Why would he be shooting threes? He has the advantage every night, and if I have the advantage, I'm going to wear you out. But threes, that's settling. When I'm tired, I settle. You don't settle when you're trying to win. You don't start the game settling. And then he said this about Jokic. He said, Jokic playing the game, and you think he's not serious, but he's so effective. He doesn't look strong, but he gets such deep post position. I think maybe it's the mismatch, but then he does the same thing against bigger guys. His shot... His fakes, they're very difficult to me, or to time. You don't know when he's faking and when it's real. He has tricks. He's the one. So, Hakeem the Dream thinks that Jokic, he prefers Jokic over Joel Embiid. What do you guys think? Would you guys agree with him or disagree? Agree 100%. And the reason why I agree with him, not just because he's one of the greatest players centers to ever play the game with an iconic move the dream and just unbelievable talent in Hakeem Olajuwon so what he says has a lot of credibility but if if to me I always take into account players who don't have to rely on their physical attributes and I'm not taking it away from that because that's something that you could use to your advantage. But I feel like with Jokic not having the ability to outrun anybody, outjump anybody, that he has to rely on actual skill, his knowledge of the game, his smarts, his the tricks that he knows and, and the way that he and the fundamentals of the game to really, really get an advantage. And the way that he dominates by doing that, to me, is, is so much more impressive and so when i look at that i think Jokic is i would take Jokic 100 percent over Embiid, and that's not taking anything away from Embiid. but a lot of makes a good point Embiid has the physical attributes to overwhelm people so why is he taking threes he, he may be able to shoot them at a decent clip but you can get such a higher percentage shot i mean what do you guys think i would agree i I'm with you on Jokic too, and I, I think you make a great point in that. And I would even go as far as saying pure skill, just pure skill. Jokic might be the most skilled player in the league right now. And that's, I know that's a big statement, but you, you're so, you're absolutely right in terms of he's not the fastest guy. He clearly doesn't jump the highest, but somehow he puts up these insane stat lines and he just has such an array of moves that I think Olajuwon, we know was such a perfectionist of his craft, probably appreciates as much as anybody. Um, and with Embiid, that's a really good point. And I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Embiid. He's an incredible player and he deserves all the accolades he receives. But I I agree. I would wonder if we had Jokic's skill set with Embiid's physical attributes, like what would you end up with then? So I, I'm in agreement with you on that for sure. You would have, uh 
quite the unguardable player. <laughs> you would have a unicorn. That's what you'd have. Nice. The the one thing with MB that I would say has a competitive advantage over Jokic, like one, you guys hit the nail on the head in terms of the physical ability goes to Embiid, but on top of that, he plays better defense. And I agree with Hakeem was saying about the three, like it's kind of like a cop out to not running the play. And if you if you understand the geometry on the court, when your big man shoots a three, you're essentially giving up second chance points because there's no one, you know, boxing out or trying to get the rebounds or just creating havoc inside the key. So, also, also, I, I did want to say that if you look into the postseason, do you guys prefer what has Embiid done or Jokic? Because I know Embiid has been the postseason multiple times, but usually his playing the postseason goes into question, and sometimes it's his fatigue, like he doesn't look like he's conditioned for the postseason, or he doesn't deliver. Jokic, on the other hand. He does compete, and for the what last year, for example, he didn't have a lot of. He didn't have Michael Porter Jr. He didn't have Murray, and he was still able to give the Warriors some competition. So, if I were to build my team now with either one of these two players, I'm gonna have to agree with Hakeem the Dream. I do think that I agree with you, JJ. I do think that because the Nuggets are relatively healthy, Michael Porter Jr. If he can stay healthy, they have Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray came back.、Um, they have a good, great team. I mean, and they're top two in the West. So I don't think I think the this is the year that we can we we can't stop saying, "Hey, Jokic didn't have this or Jokic didn't have that," because this is the time in a West that's really open that if you know. If he fails to take them as where we expect them, then I think we can start saying, you know, what happened. You know,、mm-hmm. we you, you probably should have taken this team to where we expected you to go, but that's that's TBD. Yeah, and what's what's crazy is that Hakeem Olajuwon. This was all talking about post up play, by the way.、Um, Hakeem Olajuwon didn't even mention Nikola Jokic's passing out of the post. Which has to be like one of the most elite. He might be the best post passer like ever. Like I'm talking about like ever in NBA history. So definitely advantage Jokic for me as well. But that's actually all we have for tonight's show. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you everybody. Enjoyed the pod. John, thanks for being on. Hey, thank you. I wanted to apologize to you guys for disappearing. And、uh, my power went out, so this is a lesson to all you kids: pay your bills. Sammy, <laughs> thanks for being on, man. Always good to be here, man. Thank you. And of course, shout out to our video producer RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on tw- on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>